0: How do you handle a situation where somebody has given you a personal word of what they've seen in God do, but then there's things that has to line up with the scriptures? How do we navigate that? We're going to talk about that today on the Midweek Move. Move, podcast extension of The Healing Place. This is a podcast, we're we examining the scriptures line by line, verse by verse. And ask ourselves, what is happening here? And sometimes Siri answers us, but today, <laughs> we're hoping to move past that. Yes, <laughs> tell them what happened, man. So in case you guys missed it last week, you'll see there'll be an awkward shop in where, for some reason, on our recording device, um, Siri decided to activate. We activated her somehow. Did we see the magic word. And, uh, Siri was trying to answer our questions and she didn't have any, uh,
1: she put a search out for us. Wow.
0: (laughs) So, so if you saw that awkwardness, that's what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. But today guys, we're going to be continuing our conversation through second Peter chapter one today. And, um, last week we... Got a little heavy with some conversations about adding to our faith, what that looks like, what that doesn't mean. I think it's important for people to understand what that does not mean. Uh, You said a really great thing. We're not adding to Jesus. That's right. We're adding to our faith and the outgrowth what happens with our walk with Jesus. Yep. Uh, And this is what Peter is bringing because he is dealing with people who are adding to not the faith, but to the the gospel of Jesus. That's right. And so um, we're going to continue on with this conversation as he kind of deals with some uh, foundational things that we have to deal with. So pastor, would you like to kick us off?
1: Well, and I also think it's important to, to note Mm -hmm. in both of these, Peter's death is coming up. Exactly. And we don't know what he knew. We don't know any of that, but we do know that he had the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We do know that he functioned as an apostle of the Lord Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. And so we don't know if he had insight Mm -hmm. that that was coming. Um, I tend to believe that he probably did just because of how God had mm-hmm. used him before. Um, but he is, um, it's not like he's been given this disease and he knows right. how much time he has, but, but there he, does seem to be some kind of urgency yeah, the, to what he's talking about. A lot about.
0: of the commentators, we mentioned this in, the, in our intro is that, um, he knew Nero had already put a hit on him. Yeah. 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 This was a time frame where the persecution of the early church was taking place. Uh, which was, again, that answers some of the questions because there were some questions about why this book wasn't well circulated in the early church. And it's because Nero was after the Christians, yep. and he called a hit out on Peter exactly, specifically. And Peter's like, I know I'm dying, which is what brings us to an interesting frame. You know, Typically, you know, when you think about, you know, hey, you're about to die, what do you do? Well, you think about your loved ones, your, you know, your dear friends, and he's going, I'm about to die. I want to make sure the church is good. I want to make sure that the gospel of Jesus, I want to make sure the things that I've seen and witnessed and the things that I have studied in the scriptures do not get consorted or are construed and and mistreated. This is a passion of his that he's bringing forth to the early church.
1: Well, and I think something we do lose fact of is after the Holy Spirit is poured out on these people, Mm -hmm. they immediately are like thrown into jail and dispersed everywhere. Mm Mm-hmm. The urgency with which the Word of God is scribed from Acts on mm-hmm. is urgent. Yeah. It's all urgent. It's like it could be any day. That's what you feel. Mm-hmm. like, and, and I think we lose sight of that is that the apostles and disciples, they literally, you know, there was a song years ago, but they literally were living like they were dying. Mm-hmm. Like they were leaving nothing in the tank. Right how much do we leave in the tank every day Yeah, because we think tomorrow is ours?
0: Yeah. And that was one of the things that they were dealing with these early heretics were the fact that is he really coming back, you know, and is he really going to judge us for doing wrong? And and as you said, he's not leaving anything in the tank, but we have, again, we talked about last week, we have a another generation of young believers are coming up, and they're like, well, I haven't seen Jesus come back. He's been... He's been gone for 30-plus years. Are we sure about this? Right. And he's like, and and Peter's going, let me tell you something. Yeah. Make sure you understand. I have spent the last 30-plus years emptying my tank daily, and there's a good reason for it.
1: Yeah, and I think that's where, uh for me personally, I think that's where my – when I – When I'm given an audience with people, Mm -hmm. an opportunity with people, I may overshare, Mm -hmm. but I don't overshare because I want to overshare. I overshare because I don't know if I have tomorrow. Yeah. Why would I leave anything in the tank? Mm -hmm. It's not that I'm going to preach 4,000 messages in one message, but you've seen my messages. like I've
0: seen the pared down version of your messages.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You haven't seen the (laughs) 4,000-word version, but you've seen the 1,000-word version, but... It's like there is a lot in there. Mm-hmm. And it's because yes, well, you know, what was it a week ago or whatever it was when we got to the end of our gathering time and I went to one section of the the sanctuary mm-hmm. because another section of people were praying and different things. And what? I went to one section, I was like, hey guys, I just need to tell you this. Like in my heart of hearts, I want clean church. Mm-hmm. But it's not clean. Mm-hmm like when God is really moving in people, it's messy. Mm -hmm. And I took that moment to tell those people that because I don't know if I'm going to see them next week. I don't know that I'm going to see them the next day. I don't know if in that moment, because it's either uncomfortable or whatever, that they may never come back again because it's in the flesh. Their flesh doesn't want it to be that messy. It's Mm -hmm. church. It should be clean. And I just felt Like, I'm not going to leave this in the tank. Mm -hmm. Like, even to the point of saying, when all these people got prayed for and they turned around, the building wasn't empty, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: which told them they're not alone. Right. I don't think people had thought about that before, Mm -hmm. that would leave church early so they could get to lunch or they could do whatever, that just staying in the presence of God, you are telling another brother or sister in Christ that they matter and they're not alone Mm -hmm. just by staying. Right. Just by doing one thing that Peter said you need to add to your faith, mm-hmm. perseverance. Yep. Self-control. I don't need to eat at 1207. Mm-hmm. I can eat at 1247. <laughs> and that may mean that a brother and sister in Christ know they're not alone. Right. That could be their breakthrough. Yeah. Anyway, that wasn't <laughs> line by line, verse by verse, but it has to do with what we're talking about. It does. It does. All right, verse 12 of 2nd Peter chapter 1. For this reason, what reason? He's already told them about an entrance that's going to be supplied to you abundantly in the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, eternity. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you, and I also think this reason for him is, I know I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. I said it didn't have anything to do with it, but it does. He's (laughs) saying, I'm not going to leave anything in the tank. Yeah. I'm not going to be negligent. You already know it, but I'm going to tell you again. Exactly. I'm not leaving anything in the tank. Yes, I think it is right, as long as I am in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, and he's talking about his body, right? just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease.
0: He is showing his passion. He's saying, look, I know I'm going. I'm gonna be see, I'm gonna be with the Lord soon.
1: And my passion is to make sure 100 percent you know what he has said. Can I just say something personally right now? This is not as leader of this podcast, but I don't know that I have ever felt as in tune with Peter as that verse. Mm-hmm. I've read this. For 29 years, I have read this. Right. I have consumed his letters. But but just because of the season I'm in right now, mm-hmm. I'm not leaving anything in the tank, man. I want to just make sure that everybody knows, you're right. reminded, I'm going to remind you, I'm going to remind you. Many times when I get up to speak Dallas, you know that I say, hey, I'm probably not going to teach you anything new, but I am going to remind you some things mm-hmm. that the Lord is has said. Right, um, And... This just shows you how going line by line through the scriptures and whatever season you're in, it can mean something different to you. Yeah. And this just further impacts my life of not leaving anything in the tank. Does it leave you open for criticism? Does it leave you open to be hurt, to be abandoned? Absolutely all of those things. Yeah. Which is not great. Mm -mm. But also... They may say it out of their mouth, but it won't be true. They never told me. Yeah. It'll never be true. Not only did they tell me, but they told me every single time that I saw them. Mm-hmm. Well, they're too religious, man. They only talk about <laughs> Jesus. Well, if that's, the, if that's the accusation against me after I'm dead, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Right. That I didn't just hang out with you and have idle chatter. Mm-hmm that I didn't just talk to you about for 4 hours of how much I hated LSU football coach but that when we talked there was substance and even when you were broken and and those conversations about football or whatever else it was just empty you would remember that conversation even yeah. if you cursed it at the time mm-hmm. you would remember that and it would take you back to Jesus yeah and that's what's happening with Peter it is all right, you're going to talk more on these next set. I'm just <laughs> verse sixteen, for we did not follow cunningly devised fables, mm. fables. This is a New King James version, so this isn't the Amplified. It's not the New Living Translation. Right, fables, mm-hmm. things which are stories, not parables, fables, fiction, fiction, mm-hmm. right when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty.
0: And this is important that he's saying this again. We're dealing with uh, a situation where there are heretics in the church that are teaching that the things that are being taught by the apostles are fables, mm-hmm. that the, with the, and even the scriptures themselves are fables. And I said this in our intro to Second Peter. It's interesting because these are not new argumentations against the faith. These are things that people say on a regular basis. Go into any chat room that you see though they're ta- discussing about Christianity and faith and the, and you'll see terrible things being written. People saying why how you, why are you following this fictional book written by men or you know worshipping your quote-unquote sky daddy as some people put it. And a very direct The arguments
1: version. are not new. The terminology may have changed but the arguments are the same.
0: This is exactly the same. Yeah, Peter is still de- dealing with this right here at the beginning, which to me is encouraging to know yep. that we have answers. That's right. We have answers to these type of questions right here. Yep. And Peter's pointing this out. He's he this is not something we've made up. Yep. He is. He's like, I saw this. I was present. I walked with Jesus. I ate with Jesus. I looked Judas in the eye on the eve that he was going to deceive us all and betray our Savior.
1: Listen, I if you're a YouTube content creator and you're arguing about the faith and all that stuff and you want to tell me this is false and this is false, there are things I have been an eyewitness to, and you can never disprove it. You can never discount it. Mm -hmm. You can never erase it because it happened. I saw it. I was there. I witnessed it. Right. If I uh, witness a true miracle, it is a miracle. Mm -hmm. I saw it. It wasn't some guy manipulating somebody's leg. It wasn't somebody with an earpiece in their ear hearing what somebody's name was or somebody's this. Yes, there are charlatans, just like there were then. Right. Again, there's nothing new under the sun. There really (laughs) isn't. Like there were, again, he's dealing with these people. Right. He's dealing with heretics. He's dealing with false apostles. He's Mm -hmm. dealing with false prophets. He's dealing with these people that are trying to create things that appear to be godly, but they're godless. Exactly. They're godless. Mm -hmm. They have no power. Right. All right, verse 17. For he received from God the Father honor and glory. When such a voice came to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. An allusion back to John the Baptist baptizing Jesus. Mm -hmm. He's validated and affirmed by the Father. The dove representing the Holy Spirit descends. God speaks. And we heard this voice which came from heaven. When we were with him on the holy mountain, talking now about the transfiguration, transfiguration, the three of them went up to the transfiguration and they showed their true colors. How did they show their true colors? They wanted to make an altar to the old Testament prophets. Yeah, they were going to make an altar to Jesus, but they wanted to build an altar to the others that they saw. Right, And then the glory of God shows up and they have to get on their face. It wasn't about the others. It was about Jesus. Exactly. It was about his transfiguration. They still kind of showed their Jewishness and their Old Testament Mm -hmm. uh, leanings by wanting to build those altars. So when it says, we heard the voice talking Mm -hmm. about transfiguration, and so we have the prophetic word, Confirmed.
0: Hold on one second. I want to point this out before we go on to that portion of it. It's interesting. He, he he talks about, you know, I was there. I was present. You know, this is my personal testimony. But then he talks about a very specific thing about seeing Jesus confirmed in the water, the baptism of everything, hearing God speak over it. This was another aspect that he's fighting, which was the debate as to the kingship of Jesus, the lordship of who he is. Again, there's to this day, there are people who will say, well, Jesus never said that he was the son of God or that he was the Messiah. Well, if you read things in context, he, he said that quite a few times. It's part yeah. of the reason why they were out to kill him. But here he is, he's saying, he's like, look, God spoke this. We saw this, we heard God say this in the confirmation of the baptism that this would be, this was his son. And so, again, this is laying the groundwork to override some of these heresies that he's dealing with. And he starts off with this aspect of a personal testimony, which has a lot of authority, has a right. lot of weight. I can't rob you of your personal experiences. That's right. Um, I could try to deny them, but if you lived it and you saw it, I can't. There's nothing to argue with. Here. Right, <laughs> you were there. All right. So are we now get to verse 19. Uh,
1: and so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed. Mm. Now he's talking about we have the prophetic word confirmed, the in the Old Testament prophetic word confirmed. These things haven't been written yet, New Testament, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But we have it confirmed. You do well to heed mm. these personal testimonies, right? Right. As a light that shines in a dark place, until the do- the day dawns and the morning star again. That's a that's a uh, back to Jesus was called the morning star, mm-hmm. um, and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit.
0: Now, why is he putting so much emphasis here on the Scriptures aspect? He's he's pointing out the importance of, of personal testimony, but now he's like, look, prophecy, which we know, you know, he's pointing back to the Old Testament Scriptures, why is he putting so much emphasis here in this aspect? As opposed to, because again, some people take, how do I put this? Because of the circles we run into, we run with sometimes, there is an aspect where people put too much emphasis on a person's personal testimony. Even if it's. Well,
1: maybe not a personal testimony, but a personal word. Personal
0: word that yeah, yeah. overrides the prophetic nature of the scriptures right. itself. Extra biblical. Right. And and I really feel like, again, that's, he's putting this here, goes, no prophecy of scripture of uh, any a private interpretation. And it has come from the will of man. He said this is this is the important aspect. Yeah. A word of God word from a person cannot override this. If somebody comes to me and says, Well, I feel like the Lord told me to go sacrifice a cat, I promise you he did not say that at all. Right. Because
1: it doesn't line up with the word of God.
0: At all. So I want to ask you just kind of a couple questions
1: with this because Well, I think sometimes that people will try to um, Give quote unquote a word about God, mm-hmm. but God's nature and character is fully expressed in the word of God. Yeah. He is the word. Mm-hmm. So if it doesn't line up with the word, mm-hmm. you can use whatever word semantics you want to use, right? Or gymnastics, right? It's not going to work. Yeah. Because it's the word of God. Mm-hmm. Now, there are things that God does that people don't think God still does. Mm. But that is because of their private interpretation of the scriptures. Mm-hmm. That's an issue. It is indeed. That's not extra biblical. Right. Again, the apostles died. The Holy Spirit didn't die. Right.
0: Mm. Let me ask you
1: this, Pastor. Man, that's my statement. <laughs> I ugh, That was a Holy Spirit statement, man. I'm just saying. Yeah. People act as if the Holy Spirit died mm-hmm. when... The last apostle died. Nope. John's on the Isle of Patmos. Here we go. <laughs> as soon as he breathes his last breath, mm-hmm. Holy Spirit's done. Yeah. No, no, no. Wait. We got a council coming up. <laughs> right. Where is that at, Trent? I see it. What? What's happening with that one?
0: Three hundred years from now.
1: Yeah. Well, th- wait, wait, wait. Thirteen eighty-five. That's when it's going to happen. Oh, well, no, 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 no. Fifteen. It's the thesis, man. No, 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 wait a second. It's, 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 it's King James. He he took care of it now. And so now the Holy Spirit is dead mm-hmm. because King James took his theologians. King James. Study his life, people. <laughs> study his life. Look at the fruit of his life. People think that because he he had the King James Version put in the language of the people that he was a saint. Look at his life. And there are some misgivings of even the interpretation at times in wording of the King James Version, Mm -hmm. as there are in many different. Sure. When it says translation, it's not always a translation. Right.
0: You got to look into those things.
1: (laughs) Paraphrase are some of these, some of these,
0: we may have to do another whole podcast talking about that.
1: Oh, man, <laughs> this stuff just—the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead. The Bible is clear; mm-hmm. is living inside of us mm-hmm. as believers in Jesus. The supernatural spirit of God. How can we not be supernatural people?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and see, and here's the thing. Come back to what we have happening here. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're Just passionate. reel it back in, you're, man. I'm you're like passionate about this because this is stuff that you see happening, and you see that there is there are people lacking faith and there's there's deception taking place.
1: And lacking true biblical, healthy theology. Exactly. This and isn't my denomination. I'm not talking about my denomination. Right. I'm not talking about my private interpretation of scripture. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the word of God as it was written.
0: Sure. Well and again, that this passion you have for this aspect is the same passions coming through for Peter here because he does he wants people to have a healthy theology. He wants people to have a healthy understanding. Yep. But he sees people twisting the scriptures, twisting the truth, twisting his own words. Saying it's this, it's that, it's this. I feel we just did a message on the word if. I feel like you need to do
1: one on its next week, probably. But <laughs> <laughs> but well, it's like people try to lump us in because of some of the circles that, that we have influence with. Mm-hmm. They try to lump us in with these people that look like they're filming from a basement and they got <laughs> glitter coming from the thing <laughs> and they're prophesying about everybody's supposed to be a millionaire and God's mm-hmm. giving me this and I'm this and I'm this and I'm the incarnation of this. Mm-hmm. And that is heresy. Right, I will call that out in a second. Right, Don't bring that stuff around me. Right, And so if you want to lump me in with something, I would say get in your plane or if you're just anti-plane, get in a commercial airline in the cheapest seat that you can buy. Get on your Spirit Airlines and come to Shreveport, Louisiana and just walk with me and talk with me for 30 days. Yeah. Because I promise you, in that 30 days, I'm gonna be around somebody that is misrepresenting Jesus and we're gonna have a conversation. Mm -hmm. You've been with me. Yeah. You you've (laughs) walked with me, and seemingly God does put me in those places. And just because I'm in those circles doesn't mean I approve of that person. And it also doesn't mean that I'm gonna be silent. Right. But it also doesn't mean that I'm gonna smash them over the face Mm -hmm. and demean them and not be kind to them as a human. Exactly. But I am gonna at one point speak the prophetic word of the Lord into their life.
0: Mm -hmm. And you kind of answered my last question I was going to ask you, which was how do you handle situations where you have somebody that has misinterpreted the scriptures, that is either knowingly, maliciously, or out of a genuine place. They were just taught wrong. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who just, they were in bad situations. They were raised in in an environment that taught bad theology, uh, some you know debatable, some flat heresy. And they're just wrong. How do you lovingly walk a person through the process? And we're not talking about the, the angry people on the internet. They're, they're yeah, going to be those yeah. people you know, that have, have YouTube channels and, and TV shows and radio stations. And- Listen,
1: if you are rebuking the charlatans out there on your YouTube channels mm-hmm. and you're rebuking them for pride and arrogance and you're making money off of videos that you're doing about them, shame on you.
0: <laughs> so, But how do you... We don't make money off any of this, by the way.
1: Uh, how do you? I'm like, shame on you. Because you, you're arrogant and you're prideful. Yeah. How do you walk somebody that you know, though, that you're in a relationship? I don't, with? I don't think it's one process, Dallas, because mm-hmm. if someone is amenable and teachable, you're going to walk with them differently. Mm-hmm. There are people who are genuinely, they know mm-hmm. that maybe some of the things that they were taught were not truly biblical. Mm-hmm. And when you begin to walk with them through the truth of mm-hmm. the word of God, they are open to knowing the truth, mm-hmm. wherein you have some that are so steeped in a man's interpretation. Mm-hmm. Make no mistake about it, people. There are a lot of people out there that don't call themselves a prophet or a, or an apostle.
0: Mm-hmm. But they're operating like they are.
1: <laughs> but they act like they are. Right. And they say they don't, but they do. Mm-hmm. Because there are some in a, and you call it whatever camp you want to, but they worship men and personalities as much as any other wacky, Mm -hmm. crazy tribe or whatever do. Mm -hmm. They just do it in a different way. Yeah, And um, I'm not going to call out any names. I'm not going to say any names. I'm not going to say any denominations. I'm not going to say any of that, but I'm just saying that... There are those out there that want to th- cast aspersions and stones at the fringes, the fringes. Mm-hmm. And culture does the same thing. They look for the fringe and then they try to limp everybody that they don't like in that fringe. Mm-hmm. It's happening in the, in the church community, the faith community, is people look for the fringes and then try to lump anybody who has any fragrance of that into that category. Mm-hmm. And it is insanity. It is not the word of God. It is not... You know, whether you're a defender of the faith or a demon hunter, whatever, mm-hmm. you know whatever it's like get your eyes on Jesus mm-hmm. and and you know those people that that I have a hard time not being Scott in the flesh around people who think they know it all mm-hmm. of the, especially the scriptures mm-hmm. And yet their know-it-all is based on what somebody else has written Mm -hmm. about the scriptures. And I do have a hard time with those people. I have a hard time with my anger not being a righteous indignation, but being anger Mm -hmm. because they are trying to put a, a form of godliness on something. And one thing that I cannot stomach Is arrogance, self righteousness, hypocrisy, double mindedness. Mm -hmm. And especially if you're calling out other people for something, yet those same things are characteristics in your own life. Mm -hmm. And you are a personality and you do have a platform. Mm -hmm. And I would just say this watch who you, I mean, watch out for who you listen to. Mm. Because a lot of these people are saying they're preachers of the gospel. The word of God. And yet they're spending the first 35 minutes of their sermon rebuking, chastising, or yelling about someone else. That's not the word of God. Mm -hmm. Preach your sermons. Mm -hmm. Stop talking about other people (laughs) and start talking about Jesus. Sure. Start preaching Jesus. That's how people get saved. All you are doing with this other stuff is whipping people up almost into a political frenzy. Mm -hmm. And it is not godly. Right. It is not an expression of Jesus. Mm -hmm. It is not. it just isn't. And I know this was kind of a, and I never do this. <laughs> I don't do this on this.
0: You can go back the last year and a half of us doing this podcast. This I is do a not bit.
1: do this on this podcast, but I do believe that these things need to be said. Again, I'm not leaving anything in the tank. These things need to be said because there are defenders of the faith out there that believe that they are watchmen on the wall and they they are as arrogant and prideful and self righteous as those that they are speaking against.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I'm hearing <laughs> So what I'm hearing is that to handle these situations is we have to operate with what in the fashion that Peter does in the beginning of this. When he comes to people as a bondservant and an apostle, he operates in his authority that has been yeah. given to him. Yeah, he's an apostle and he has authority over these people as an apostle, but he comes at them with grace as a bondservant. So I
1: think there's probably two examples we could use. Nathan the prophet comes to David, Mm -hmm. and he tells him a story. Mm -hmm. Hey, there was a man, da-da-da-da, what do you do? And then David answers, you know, and Nathan's like, it's you. yeah. Like, he didn't come in, guns blazing, and rebuke him. Mm -hmm. He just led him to this place that David feels the conviction from the Lord. Fast forward, Paul to the woman who is speaking the truth about them. These Mm -hmm. are men of God. And he rebukes her after three days and casts a demon out of her. What she was saying was truth, but it was the spirit behind it. He confronted it and rebuked it and called it out. So those two things, I think we can function in whatever the belief is of the person and where they're standing and their personality and how willing they are. There are a lot of people who are mentors in the faith but they don't allow themselves to be taught by anybody. Mm-hmm. Shame on you. Yep. Because let me, set, let me tell you, I learn from you weekly. I learn from Rick weekly. I try to learn something from Matt every week, Dana, Jaron, the people around us, leaders around I try to learn from everyone. You've taught me a lot in my life. Not in a classroom, Mm -hmm. but watching you. My questions that I ask you are very intentional Mm -hmm. and bug you sometimes. (laughs) But in your answer, it is teaching me. It's teaching me how to deal with certain people that are on the fringes. Mm -hmm. It teaches me how to deal with a certain age group Mm -hmm. and how they think and how I can better understand what they're walking through. With Matt, there are certain things that I understand from Dana, all to understand and be taught. Mm -hmm. But yet a lot of these personalities that I see that want to call themselves, there's been more abuse in the term pastor than there has been an apostle and prophet. Mm-hmm. And I see these people, and it's as if they are godlike in a in a godlike structure. And every godlike structure is not uh regal chairs and Mercedes and this and this and this, sometimes it can look very nice and just a nice subdued suit and a nice conservative atmosphere, but the same spirit can be present. Mm -hmm. And I think that we we are living in a culture right now, in a faith culture that is toxic, that is deadly, and that is the anti of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And I believe that Peter was feeling those same things within the people that he loved and he cared about. Mm -hmm. There were heretics there. And they were wild and crazy and leaned toward Gnosticism, and they were conservative and leaned back toward Jewish tradition. Mm-hmm. Both extremes. Yeah. And yet he was dealing with it overall, but yet he was dealing with people in a, in a different way. And so I would just say line by line, precept upon precept, never elevating a man or his interpretation of the Scripture above the Scripture itself.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I think we're going to end it there today. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot that needs to be unpacked for folks here. We want to hear from you guys. Uh, email us, mediahub at thbhreeport.com, or you can reach us on our Facebook page. Look for Midweek Move. We do want to encourage you, uh, leave comments and and ask questions. Ask questions of, you know, because we don't, don't want to leave the tank empty.
1: Yeah, and by the way, next week you may not see me. This may be my last <laughs> midweek move. <laughs> That's the case I me. Mean, I might have gotten fired myself. <laughs> but,
0: but we don't leave the tank empty. So if you have questions, if things have been stirred up and you need answers, let us know. Reach out to us. And uh, we want to walk with you guys through this stuff. Um, that being said, most importantly, let us know how we can pray with you, Yeah. how we can encourage you. We don't just do this to—we don't want to be the angry people on the Internet. That's right. We, we genuinely love you. We genuinely care about you. And we want to help you take your next step with God. So let us know how we can pray with you, how we can encourage you. Again, MediaHub at com. Hit our Facebook page, Midweek Move, or reach us through our, the church website, thpstreeport.com. Until next time, have a great week.